0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the East Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Greg Dutcher sitting across from me. Greg, what's going on, man?
1: Dude, I'm just relieved that this isn't live. I know. <laughs> <laughs> not that that was not a blast last week. Yes. Because it, it really was. Yeah,
0: it was. But it was our first one. First one. Uh, tons of glitches going on. Mm-hmm. We did find out uh, after the fact, for those of you who are trying to tune in, and catch the podcast on your mobile device, you weren't going to be able to do that unless you went to the YouTube video link and watch, and, and streamed it live. Yes. Uh, we didn't know that at the time. We know that now. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, doing this again in the future where we have things a little more stable and under control and we are a uh, little bit more expert at it.
1: Absolutely. And shout out to one of our favorite listeners uh, Jacinda, yes. who is, uh, who tried to call several times. Um, I think she called a couple of times when, uh, uh, Calvinist Colson called in yeah. and Tracy called in uh and then uh after that i think i put it on mute okay um, and it was in my pocket at one point and when i got home there were like 11 calls just <laughs> because i asked her ahead of time I'll, I'll just give a little inside baseball and said just send it in case if we don't get any callers i know you're an, uh, avid listener and it would be a great blessing if she called in and she she i just want to give that shout out that girl tried like a million times yeah yeah and um we we need to send her something nathan but we, 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 yeah, we can we, work, that out. We'll, we'll work that We'll work out. that, work that out. out. That was just awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'll tell you, dude, I, I look forward uh, – I mean, I had a blast. Yeah. And to, yeah. to do it again with uh, that guinea pig yes. uh, kind of poked and prodded ahead of time yeah. is is, is going to help.
0: Yep, absolutely. And, you know, anything we do on the podcast, we're always hoping that we can grow and learn from it. So that way, in the future, we just get better and better better at it you know if, if for those folks who uh, you know remember our our first several of them that we did, the sound quality was off we weren't yeah. able to sync up the tracks quite properly right um, and we got better at that, and you know hopefully this is something that we'll get better at and we'll be able to use more of
1: yeah I mean we have always been as amazingly suave, handsome <laughs> debonair as we've always been it's just the 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 process That's of, right. of getting our greatness to the people um well maybe that's what happened last night dude maybe maybe that was a reflection on our (laughs) level of greatness uh but no it 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 was it was a blast man being here till 11 o'clock yeah in live time with those guys um uh, yeah poor dave shy man i i I, uh, you know just said dave don't fall asleep at the wheel on the way home that's right his bedtime is about 9 (laughs) p.m 70 year old brother i said be home you know, be safe going down 95 yeah. and and he was.
0: Yeah, we were we were pushing his limits there. Yes. Um so yeah, fun stuff and um we just want to let people know that um uh first of all, we have the contest for uh the the winners of the book uh the the gun book that we did with Steve and Bill. Yes. So we'll be announcing those winners at the end of this one. Great um and we'll get that out to you also you know stay tuned at the end and we'll we'll announce that um also uh honey go wine and spirits the company i used to work for they are um giving me uh two tickets one of them we are going to give away on this podcast the other one we're going to give away on pop culture ninja and this is for the the honey go beer fest that they do every year Um, And so just want to get people interested and stay and say, stay tuned for details on how you can win a ticket to the uh, Honey, Go Wine and Spirits Beer Fest in September. Yes, they have started selling tickets early in July. Um, We're going to start announcing that and promoting it. We will have a ticket that we are going to give away on this podcast and a ticket we are going to give away on Pop Culture Ninja.
1: Just to say, dude, having gone last year. With several of the folks that have been on here, a yeah. couple of guys from Steve's church, yeah. uh, it is like being in a British pub, yeah, uh, and just hanging out with some people, yeah. And I love it; gives you the opportunity to kind of demonstrate, you know, responsible yes. liberty, uh, and just I had the best conversations last year yes. at that thing with, with people. And uh, remember, it was cold and rainy, it uh, but it was it just, was
0: truly like a an England. Pub it was. <laughs>
1: I, that's what I felt. I felt like we were in London. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, just kicking around some great stuff. It was yep. a blast. So I, that's, that, that's a cool giveaway, dude. Yeah.
0: So we're, we're, we'll, uh, we'll set all that up in the future and let you know how you can win, um, how you can win a ticket for that. Um, don't want to get, uh, get away from it though. Our, our guests today, we're so excited to to yes. have him on. Um, we have been talking quite a bit about politics. We started back in, uh, what was it? Late October, early mm-hmm. no- November, talking with Dave Shive about Trump yeah. and the Trump phenomena. Uh, we had Faras on. Getting yeah, his that's right. his viewpoints. A uh, uh,
1: young American Muslim yep, guy. Yep. Uh, that was fascinating to get his take. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yep. And then we had uh, Shaheen and Emily uh, Middleton on. Mm-hmm. In uh, what was it, uh, May? I
1: think it was April or May. April yeah, or May.
0: Yeah, um, talking about uh, politics and the political scene, and, and now I'm excited because we have uh, Tim Challies on, who is a Canadian blogger. Um, very, very uh, famous. I, I don't think I need to do too many introductions, but um, yeah. I have talked to several people. And when I say Tim Challies, they're like, who's that? Right. So I do want to give a little bit of background. Yes, um, Just very famous Canadian blogger. By reformed- the way,
1: yeah, those people, Nathan, you say that too, yeah. are obviously uh, not internet savvy That's people right. <laughs> in reformed evangelical discussions there are
0: people like my father and mother and right
1: right people like yeah my mom when she goes
0: now can i can
1: i find that podcast on the computer uh you know whenever you hear the definite article computer whoa we got all kinds of messages coming
0: i know that's me
1: um you know whenever somebody says on the computer that tells you a lot right there so Anyway, I, I cut you off, dude.
0: Yeah, so, um, but Tim being a Canadian is going to uh, just bring a great perspective to uh, what we're seeing in American politics, and we're really excited to have him on. Uh, so, Tim, without further ado, how are you doing today?
2: I am doing well, thanks. I'm Still here, still awake after that introduction? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You guys sound like a bunch of rank amateurs as you described your last show. A bit
1: yeah, out. right, <laughs> dude. Believe me, there was a lot of rank amateur stuff. That's li- right. uh, All that last show, but we're, n- now we're back in our professional zone. That's
0: right. We're ready to go. Yeah. Well, we're ge- we're getting right. there. We're still recovering. Yes. <laughs>
1: what uh, What is the weather like in Toronto right now, Tim? It is thirty one degrees Celsius. All right, yeah. Well, I don't know what that means. Um, okay, I'm it's thinking. Really hot. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
2: the, the background of my weather app has turned from blue to red.
1: So oh it's, my it's, goodness! There you uh, go. Yeah, yeah. 31 Celsius. See, we're already getting a little Canadian flavor there, Nathan. That's right. I'm thinking. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to try to like look up like, an app converter really quick, and I'm just going. It's uh, uh, no. That's the Brian Regan. Remember when he what uh, right. he calls UPS? Uh, we need to know the weight and the girth. He's like, I don't know what the weight is, and I don't know what girth means. Um, so, that uh, 31 degrees Celsius. We were talking before we went, quote-unquote, live tonight, Tim. A uh, little quick uh, sports thing here. You are a Blue Jays fan. Um, I am. And they have moved, am I right, into second place?
2: Uh Yeah. Yeah, they've been uh, putting up some good numbers lately and hitting the ball hard. They've been doing really well.
1: They have, and to me, you know, it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend thing. So until they surpass the Orioles, which are getting close to, the fact that they surpassed the Red Sox, (laughs) they are my friends. Yeah, yeah,
2: anything they can do or the Orioles can do against the Red Sox and the Yankees we're all happy about. Absolutely. The
1: Rays, whatever. Absolutely, and we will will square off later. Hey, how did you feel, Tim, just – was it earlier in the season I can never pronounce that uh Texas Ranger players name is it is it rough Ned odor it, You it, got it yeah it, is he the dude that like you know you know just just clocked Bautista in that scuffle oh, yeah. they had at second base and, yeah
2: I'm a Blue Jays fan but there's no way Bautista won that fight like he got roughed
1: up yes yes now, I'm not
2: I'm no hockey fan, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I do you know hockey. It's a good Canadian sport. And I got to say, in a hockey fight, you don't sucker punch someone, right? You right. wait, you give him the respect until both of you are ready to go, and then you have it out. That's, right. That was a cheap shot. Oh,
3: no doubt about uh, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but
2: I guess that's that's not outside the rules in baseball. In hockey, you'd be in big trouble for doing that, you know, for, for the rest of your career, probably. But, yes. uh, you know, you should have given him the respect of saying, all right, let's get going here, and we'll, we'll start on. On, uh, the, on similar terms, but anyways, yeah, it was an amusing little moment, and I think both used to have it coming, so it's yeah, yeah. part of the game.
3: It, it is. The
2: joy of baseball is the game behind the game, right? It's oh, It's fun yeah. to watch guys hit a hit a little round spear hard, but it's a lot more fun when you know what's going on behind the scenes. Yes. That's
1: the It is. I, that was well put, Tim. A little bit of the taunting and the tension behind the scenes makes the game that much more interesting. And uh, I, I, just a, two or three weeks ago, you may or may not have I don't know if it made national news, but uh, Manny Machado, who was uh, one of our hometown heroes here in Baltimore, I was actually at the game behind the Kansas City dugout when, um, oh, and now I'm blanking on the pitcher's name, you might know, but he, he threw an obvious just ball, 99 miles an hour, fastest uh, pitch he threw in the whole game at Manny's lower back. And Manny yeah. went out and charged the mound, if you saw that. And at first we were saying, man, that was a more dramatic fight than Odor and Batista. But when I saw the replay, it, it really wasn't because uh, Manny's hand kind of grazed uh, uh, Ventura, that was the picture, grazed his face. And uh, yeah, but the, the baseball fight, you know, wow, that's, uh, that's not so common, you know, like hockey, which is uh, minimized in recent years. So, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 it's a good thing right now there's not a Toronto Orioles thing going um, or, or or maybe not East but no O'Day have moved on that's right, that's right. we'll have to see I mean O'Day's coming back off the DL so uh, when we face right. uh, Toronto again I bet there'll be another matchup but thanks Nathan yeah. I know Nathan is just hanging into this conversation he's thinking man snoozer I don't care <laughs> um but I know there's a few listeners That's that are right. into that.
0: That's right. We always have listeners that care about something out there. So, um, Tim, we are excited to get to talk to you about uh, your your thoughts, your views on what's been going on in politics in America here. But, um, you know, before we do, uh, last week we had a live call in from the from the Dr. King, Reverend yeah. James King. Uh, he's, he's back to his hit and run now. Yep. So he left us a message. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we're, uh, we're going to play that because we've, we've vowed as long as, uh, he's not obscene or offensive. Um, he is kind of both, but yeah. we, we'd like <laughs> I him say, anyway. what are
1: you talking about, dude? <laughs> I would say maybe not obscene. Um, right. You know, oh, well, I'll leave that to the listeners. Uh, uh but, uh, offensive, uh, maybe. But. Yeah.
0: Um, so we're going to go ahead and play that. And, uh, here is, uh, the Reverend James King. Uh, friends, it's the Reverend James King of the James King, King James
1: Bible-believing teaching, preaching ministries. Uh, every so often, the man of God is called to a great challenge. Uh, some Some heretic rises up to deny the King James Bible. Uh, some liberal judge orders an elementary school to take down the Ten Commandments from the cafeteria. Or, or worse, friends, sometimes an illegal immigrant steps in front of you in the dessert line at Old Country Buffet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but friends, tonight these two nitwits have, have, have summoned a nefarious force from the northern regions to further corrupt a show I didn't even think could become further corrupted that 's right they they've brought on some half wit who who's been writing a blog since Sweet Baby Moses was afloat in the bulrushes <laughs> no, that's right his His name is Tim Chalice. and, and, and I just assume call him Tim Dillidalis because what else friends, what else do you call a simpleton who spends every day writing the nonsense he spews out what 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 can you possibly write about every single day for a millennium? <laughs> well I have uh no interest in your grocery list and your your chicken casserole recipes, Mister <laughs> Alice. And uh, friends, I haven't I haven't even told you the worst part yet. This 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 numskull hails from. Are you ready for this, friends? He hails from Canada. Hey, it's not even a country; it's a forgotten region. You you just name one uh, one good thing that's ever come out of Canada. What what are they famous for? Maple syrup. We got that. Watered down <laughs> devil's brew. And uh, Canadian Mounties. Uh, well, let me tell you, friends, the research team at the Tabernacle has shown me clear evidence that every single Canadian Mountie is an alcoholic rent cop who couldn't keep his job at the local bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, friends, why did these uh, apostates on the These Go to Hell anti cast have him on tonight? I'll tell you why. He's going to try to lecture you about American politics. Friends, that's like having the, the, the little sisters of the poor T-ball team critique the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no thank you, Mr. Dilly-Dally's Chalice. You, you, you just keep posting your uh, your uh, fast food recipes and asking your mommy to wipe your mouth after eating your tapioca pudding. <laughs> that's right. You leave the, the politics to the men wearing their big boy pants. See, I have it on good authority, friends, that this man living in the land of draft dodges and marijuana (laughs) is uh, no friend of uh, the best friend of the Lord Jesus on planet Earth right now, Mr. Donald Jonathan Trump, (laughs) kingdom warrior. Well, you just keep sniveling and whining up there in your Godforsaken land, Mr. Dillard Dallas, cause our next great American president may not just stop with a wall on the Mexican border. Oh, no. oh, you can you can rest assured when he gets that first wall built, the good people of the King James Bible Tabernacle will be petitioning Washington, DC to put a wall on the border between America and your pathetic country. America Junior. Oh, glory. <laughs> Friends, ha- have you ever ever looked at this uh, this Tim Tim Chalice? Friends, just just uh, just look a, a picture on him on that interweb, and and uh, you'll see he he looks, friends, honestly, like he was made in a laboratory. It's 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 almost like some scientist decided to uh, fuse a uh, uh, Macaulay Culkin with Pee Wee Herman, and look what came out: Tim Dillan Chalice. <laughs> But remember, friends, you shouldn't be surprised at this. He's a Canadian man, which is funny to even say out loud. It's an oxymoron or just a moron. Canadian (laughs) man. That's like uh, jumbo shrimp or pretty ugly. Oh, friends, (laughs) don't listen to this gobbledygook Canadian nonsense on tonight's Anti-Godcast. In fact, I want to give a special invitation to any Canadian listeners out there. I want to give you an opportunity. Now, we know you can't be a Canadian, Christian. So we would ask all Canadian listeners to feel free to drive down to the sweet south. And you visit the King James Bible Tabernacle this weekend. We are having a special evangelistic service. Friends, we are going to preach the message of going from Canadian weenie to American meanie. So, friends, there will be an opportunity for repentance. And to show the legitimacy of your repentance, the ushers will be in the back. With voter registration cards, which of course will be mandatorily Republican, and an opportunity to become a citizen of God's favorite nation, the United States of America. Oh, friends, come to the tabernacle, where you will hear the sweet love of Jesus. Amen. Oh. <laughs> uh Tim, wow, man. Um, can I ask you, is, is, are those things we heard you... Uh, is Canada not a country? Oh,
2: man, I... I I think he's a fan.
1: I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I have never heard that Canada is not even a country. But um, no,
2: no, I haven't either. But yeah. he makes a good point. Yeah. He's a very
1: persuasive <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Tim! Again, I'm sorry for it. these leaks get out, and he finds out our guest and decides to go after him. But uh, hey, for the record, we don't think that Macaulay Culkin, Pee Wee Herman thing is true. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think we got a flavor, didn't we, uh, Nathan, on how uh, the Reverend King feels about Donald Trump? I, yeah. In recent calls, what is what is he always calling him the best friend of Jesus on planet Earth right yeah. now? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should start there with you, Tim. Tim, do you think that's a fair assessment of Donald Trump and his campaign that you would you would happily call him the best friend of the Lord Jesus on planet Earth right now?
2: Yeah. I think, you know, the whole topic sounds like it's going to get me in trouble, but I think (laughs) I can say, no, I do not agree with that. I think I'm going to... So far, so good. Yeah, so
1: far. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I, that's probably safe to assert that I'm not so sure that's the accurate uh, accurate picture. But, um, well, uh, you know, we were just talking, um, by the time this podcast airs, um, it's going to be released, of course, uh, Tuesday night, July the 12th, which is just uh, less than a week away from the Republican National Convention in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, there's gonna. I'm not going to bore you, Tim, with the. Uh, um, as Nathan mentioned, we've probably done four or five podcasts now over the last year because we are in a pretty heated political season. Um, love to maybe get your take uh, first. How much, Tim, do you pay attention to the American political scene? Uh, you know,
2: I do to some degree. Because I'm kind of a fan of America and Americans, and my family lives down there, and most of my, or a good percentage of my blog readers down there live down there, and pretty well everybody in my Twitter stream lives down there. So I can't help but keep up with it to some degree. It's just, it's there. It's the front page of Canadian papers, too.
1: Yes, yes. And and I'm sure your readers and uh, listeners, I, I mean, do you get emails sometimes, Tim? Text, Twitter, whatever, asking you your thoughts on Trump or Hillary and all the drama going on, uh, you know, in these southern parts?
2: Yeah, to some degree, not a whole lot, but I'm sure you get emails about Canadian politics, so (laughs) I
1: think that's part of the part. Actually, you know, for whatever reason, Tim, our readers show more interest in New Zealand politics. I, I don't know what that is, but we are... We are overwhelmed <laughs> with email <laughs> requests. Thoughts on uh, you know New Zealand politics, but no, I, I I figured that you you are keeping a pretty astute eye on things, and uh, you know that uh, that's pretty obvious.
2: Yeah, yeah, trying
3: to. Yeah.
0: So uh, let let me ask you, uh, Tim, what what is your thoughts and views um, as a Canadian with with really uh, no stake in in what's going on um, politically to to, to America right now. What what are kind of your thoughts on the American political front right now?
2: Yeah, you know, I think the rest of the world sees it primarily as entertainment. And I don't mean to be... A jerk by saying that Mm -hmm. I just think it's reality That the rest of the world looks on And as you said, we don't really have a stake in the game And yet it's it's in our front pages It's it's in our news feed We can't help but see it So it really is uh, entertainment And that kind of Neil Postman sense of entertainment Being news you can't do anything about Mm -hmm. So if it's something that's there You can't take any action on it There's nothing you can do to change it Then really it just becomes entertainment And so in that sense, I think the this Trump-Clinton showdown really is just, just entertainment to the rest of the world. And uh, dare I say it, really, really good entertainment. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, Tim, we always say um, it, it does make, however you feel about the candidates, uh, I'd say September through November, uh, Saturday Night Live, the ratings always go up <laughs> because that's, that is one of the most enjoyable times to watch the political satire unfold. And, uh, you know, yeah. there's, there's no shortage of Trump imitators and Hillary imitators, really. Just yeah. like uh, remember a member a few years ago, Nathan, um, Tina Fey. Yes. To, who, t- t- Sarah <laughs> she, she 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 portrayed Sarah Palin so effectively, uh, you know, regardless of what you think of her politics, you know, pro, con, in between, that I honestly, when I think of Sarah Palin, I honestly think my mental image is yeah. of Tina Fey first. Yeah, yeah. I almost have to remind myself, wait, Tina Faye's not yeah. Sarah Palin. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, we can relate to that, Tim, even living here. Uh, I would say this season more than any that I can remember in my 45 years, and I, going back to maybe when I was 18 in 88, that was the first uh, um, national uh, election I voted in. I was 18. Uh, and that was, of course, uh, Bush won yep. uh, going against Dukakis, which, which wasn't much of a race. Uh, but having watched all those cycles since 1988 till the present, this is clearly the, the most celebrity-oriented uh, election primary season I've ever seen. Um, and, and just in general, Tim, I think I know the answer to this, but what is the, uh, the uh, general Canadian take? Maybe not even the evangelical take, but just the average Canadian citizen on what's going on right now. Is, is it the same that they just view it as just sort of funny?
2: Yeah, I think we're all just glad we don't have to vote, because <laughs> it's a party between two people nobody likes. I don't think right. it, it seems like there, there's very few people, at least in, in my world, the people I follow, the people I talk to, seems like there's not a whole lot of people who want to vote for either one. There are some people who will vote for what they consider the lesser of two evils, but I, I don't know that I've really spoken to anyone who, who from either side who's really getting behind the candidate and saying, Saying this, this man, this woman is the one to lead our nation. This is a strong, good leader. I think everybody's just kind of fed up with the whole thing and realizing, uh, for a lot of people, this is going to be a very difficult decision. And a lot of people will be voting for someone they don't like and don't believe in. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. But
2: they'll be doing it as a defensive vote. You know, I think if if you have the option to unvote for somebody instead of voting for anyone, <laughs> yes. and take away somebody else's vote. I think a lot of people would take that option.
1: They would unvote for one person. Yes, yes, sort of like an unlike on Facebook or a, <laughs> or a uh, removal, however that works, on uh, on social media. Um, yeah, a
2: one-star review on Amazon to help balance that.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. I am well acquainted with those one-star reviews, Tim. Um, I would... Um, uh, so uh, here's a thought, though. Uh, you, you, you sort of gave away something that, that I have found, too. Nathan and I talk regularly. I... I meet the occasional evangelical believer who is really pro-Trump. I don't think I've met any that are pro-Hillary because they they tend, you know, at least in our area, Nathan, most tend to lean more conservative, uh, uh, politically speaking. Um, But according to the news reports, however reliable they are, Trump does seem to have some um, lock on at least some substrata of American evangelicals and – I, although again maybe in the circles i've run i don't meet them but I, I almost can't deny the empirical evidence that you know he was taking very uh what have been typical evangelical bastions like south carolina uh some other places that have a strong evangelical population uh and trump won pretty big in most of those areas for the most part yeah so maybe that's a setup tim to ask you and again. We're not holding you to anything, and again, we're, we're appreciating your sort of outside-the-border perspective. Uh, if you were to conjecture a bit, why do you think there is an evangelical interest in Donald Trump?
2: Uh, I don't know, but let me say this. I think there are a lot more evangelicals voting for Trump than will admit they're voting for Trump. And mm. I think that's especially true in our reformed space. Yes. Uh, that's where I tend to, to spend most of my time is in reformed evangelicalism. And what I see there is leaders stepping up and saying, you may not vote for Donald Trump. It it would be wrong of you to vote for Donald Trump. And if they're not outright saying that, they're very clearly indicating that it would be probably simple for you to vote for Donald Trump, according Mm -hmm. to their assessment, and and really weighing that on. So my my Twitter feed, day after day, is full of people just uh, retweeting every bad thing about Trump and saying all these bad things about him, and I'm not passing judgment on that, I'm just saying there's the reality. And yet, I think a lot of people are, uh, they're committed Republicans, so they will vote for him on that those grounds, or they're so concerned about what Hillary Clinton will do, perhaps especially in light of uh, recent revelations of, or you know, the, the um, case that came out a couple of days ago where she was yes. cleared of all wrongdoing mm-hmm. with her email, or her, her love for Planned Parenthood, I think a lot more reformed evangelicals will vote for Trump as an unvote for Hillary, mm-hmm. um, but they're going. They're not going to talk about it. They won't admit it because yeah. there's kind of this this thread now where if you do that, you're, you're probably not being a, a consistent Christian, or you mm. might even be committing a kind of sin.
3: Yeah,
1: interesting. No, I think that's a. I, yeah, I think you're onto something. There's sort of the closet Trump vote uh, might be the reverse. I think it was called the Bradley effect. Remember that was being talked about a lot. In 08, when Obama was up the first time, you've got a first African American strong viable candidate. And I know when Bradley ran, I think was it governor of California. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thought there was people will tell a pollster that they're going to vote uh, for a black candidate uh, because they don't want to appear racist or they don't want to appear unenlightened, et cetera, you know, whatever it might be. And then when they actually went to vote, um, they um, they didn't. Right. Uh, in other words, the pre-polling didn't seem to match the actual results, and so there were all sorts of theories to why that happened. Your theory, Tim, reminds me of almost a reverse, that people are, yeah. oh, yeah, Trump, no way, he's a disaster. But when it comes time to go early November, um, I-, I think you're right. I-, I-, I will say I have talked to people that say I'll probably end up voting for Trump, but they say it the way I would describe, yeah, I think I'll be done this stomach virus in 24 hours, you know, I mean, they were, um, <laughs> right. I, I, I'm almost at the end of it, and, uh, you know, it, 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 they have this natural recoil. Um, your thoughts, Tim, obviously, uh, you know, um, um Russell Moore, uh, you know, uh, had the honorable distinction of getting, uh, targeted by Donald Trump in that tweet. I'm sure you saw about a thousand times. Um, yeah. and, uh, ju- ju- just your thoughts on that, uh, that phenomena, um, more getting sort of blasted by Trump, um, do you view that as a, hey, it, he, he might have the right enemy, uh, or do you just have more of a neutral, hmm, interesting uh, thing that happened there perspective?
2: Yeah, an interesting little thing, and not out of character for Donald Trump to to take on somebody like that and to kind of do a drive-by tweet, drive-by in, insulting tweet. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so, so that's not out of character for him. And, uh, you know, I think more to some degree sort of wore that as a badge of honor, right? Just um, thinking that if he's enemies of, of Trump, then that probably shows uh, that he's on the right track according to his his understanding of things, his assessment of things. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. I And I thought, too, that um, it, it may show uh, that Trump, which is a common observation of him, just assumed, hey, I've got the evangelical uh, vote in the bag, um, you know, because... Um, you know, I I should. <laughs> it's yeah. almost mine by birthright or something because I'm not Hillary uh, Clinton. Uh, so the fact that there is a pretty prominent, well-spoken evangelical leader out there on social media like a Russell Moore, um, you know, it just makes me wonder uh, his his thoughts on that. But
2: yeah, and it, it depends. You know, if, if this was well thought out, if this was deliberate, or if this was just again a kind of drive-by not well thought out, just throwing something out there, as we've all done on Twitter before. So I'd be interested in knowing from behind the scenes, was this Trump making a move specifically to alienate Russell Moore and to tell him he's not not wanted and not needed, or was it just an impulse kind of move? So I think there would be a big distinction between those two. Yes. Um, And I think Trump is probably right in, if he is saying, I don't need you, He's probably right because as big as this reformed group is, and you know, as much as Moore represents a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, it really is a, a small one. And, and we, as reformed conservative Christians, are a small movement. Sure. So the number of people who would have seen that tweet and known who Russell Moore is and really cared about it is very, very small compared to the group represented by, you know, Trump's religious advisory committee, which True. is much bigger and much broader, and just. Uh, you, you just see the some of these ministries, these awful ministries, have budgets multiples of the entire reform space.
3: Right. So, yeah.
0: Right.
2: So we are a small movement. Yeah. We got to keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. Now, Tim, let me ask you. I mean, Greg and I have been clear from the outset of our of our disinterest in particularly. Uh, the politics that are going on in this election. Um, we, we've talked several times about um, exercising our right not to vote um, just because I, I think we've both come to the conclusion that uh, we, we just can't justify voting for the lesser of two evils. For us, it's 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 a game. It's, a, it's become a nuisance um, and it's become annoying uh, and we've really become disinterested in it. But l- let me ask you, do you think um, – it's it's a good idea for uh, these pastors to be essentially telling their congregation how they should or should not vote, using their position um, as a pastor to say no, you should not vote for Trump because of X Y Z, or no, you should not vote for Hillary because of X Y Z, instead of simply preaching the gospel and letting their convictions determine who they are going to vote for? Mm, Good question.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. It's what I've been thinking about a lot. And I I don't know that it's ever really come up in a Canadian context. I don't know that I've ever heard a pastor say, vote for this person or do not vote for this person. So Mm. I haven't really thought about it before. But thinking about it pastorally and, you know, how would I serve my church if this came up? I think I would be very, very cautious to tell my people who to vote for or who not to vote for. Mm. I I think that would be potentially an abuse of pastoral privilege or Mm. pastoral authority, Uh, if not an abuse, perhaps just an unwise use of it. I don't know that I can bind somebody's conscience in this way. You think about voting for the lesser of two evils. you can come, and you should, in your own mind, in your own heart, in your own understanding of Scripture, through prayer, etc., come to a firm conviction about whether you can vote for the lesser of two evils. whether you in clear conscience can cast that vote. I don't like this person, but the thought of that other person getting in is so unthinkable, I'm going to cast my vote that way. Mm. Um, You'll come to that conviction. But to tell somebody that if they do the opposite... They might be sinning, or they do not have the freedom to do that. I just don't know that we can build a biblical case for that. I don't know that we can look to the Scripture and find clear evidence that we can or cannot, must or must not, do that. So I'd want to be very, very careful. I think a lot of pastors risk bringing harm to their ministry Mm -hmm. through doing things like that. And and maybe that's especially true if they say, "Vote for this person and just imagine the woe that will come to America and they vote for that person, and four years later, you know what, not a whole lot has changed. If, yeah. if that happened, then you've really, I, I think, given people a reason to doubt your leadership, to doubt your understanding of Scripture, to doubt your wisdom. So I, I would just be very, very cautious with that on a pastoral level.
1: Interesting thought, Tim. I, um, <clears throat> I, I've i wanted to ask you this. I'm so glad that you asked that, Nathan, because this this popped into my head. I've often wondered, and, and you are uniquely qualified having experience. Sort of as a I mean a daily commentator blogger uh also a man with uh, uh with great pastoral exp so I think you can speak to this from from both sides I've often wondered if I am solely a commentator you know a Christian commentator that's no, in no quote unquote official place of ministry in a church or a parachurch ministry um, you know i uh I, you know and I'm commenting on all things. Um, you know, from a Christian worldview standpoint. That may be one thing. Do you see a distinction that maybe the the blogger slash, so, uh, slash social commentator maybe has a little more latitude than a person who is a pastor uh, who is obviously, you know, building a church on the uh, central uh, root of the gospel and uh, leading people to greater Christ-likeness? Do you think that those two people, commentator slash pastor may have different uh, spheres of uh, ministry?
2: Yeah, I think so, but I would still want to be very, very careful. There are people out there with very tender consciences, people out there uh, for whom these are new ideas, these are new thoughts, these are things that they, they're, they're really wrestling through. And I would want to give people the information, give people the, the ability to think it through or help people think it through, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I would build my case, but I'd want to put it in perspective. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, here's what I believe. And, you know, I'm doing a series on my site now. Here's why I, I'm not charismatic. Here's why I'm not Roman mm-hmm. Catholic. Or, yes. You know, some of those things. And as I get more into those, those issues that divide genuine believers, they're, so they're not crucial issues, I really want to let people know that this is not life and death. This is, here's what I believe, you may believe something different, and that's okay. So I think I would want to put it in that context, unless I'm absolutely convicted by Scripture and plain reason that it really is evil to vote for that person, or really evil not to vote for the other person. Right. Um, But I just think we've got to bring a lot of care to those things, and not be binding somebody else's conscience in, in what 's really a disputable matter, and the, the the sheer fact that you can go on the, in the Christian space and see such variants of opinion shows that this very likely is a disputable matter it's yes. not something where God has spoken absolutely clearly in such a way that we now have no freedom to do one thing or the
3: other
1: yes yeah and and you know let's let 's stay on that just for a moment Tim uh, you know obviously i know you've you 've written on this and and uh, you are a lover of the um, uh reformed tradition going all the way back to Augustine, City of God, City of Man. Um, maybe I'm viewing this, and I'll just put this out to you simplistically. I, in recent years, and that's what Nathan was uh, mentioning earlier, I think he and I, kind of through individual paths, but we've had a very similar journey, ha- ha- Very, gotten very comfortable not being politically engaged
3: yeah
1: Uh, and and i think we we did a podcast recently where the question was asked to us hey are you saying that's the preferred christian method and i think we said no right we just feel the liberty to not be politically engaged um and, and for me that's very tied in to that that sort of can i say two kingdoms approach that there is a city of man yeah um But obviously there's a whole movement within Christianity. Sometimes maybe it's the more extreme stuff like theonomy and sometimes the slightly milder stuff that is, yeah, I'm not a theonomist. I'm not saying let's bring back the Old Testament law and incorporate it into society at every level. But I do think we should put our faith into action and take advantage of the political mechanisms around us and make change. Uh, You know, Christians debate that. I mean, are you comfortable weighing in on that, um, how you sort of sort that through in your mind?
3: Yeah, I
2: haven't given it as much thought as I'd like. It's, it's something, well, I'd also say your engagement with politics or your understanding of politics is so shaped by your background and by your nation. So being very involved in the political process in America would, would probably be very different from being involved in the political process in Canada. So, uh, people who say those things, uh, tend to be Americans. Yes. Tend to be thinking of a very particular form of politics. And I think what a lot of people are doing now is is they've been engaged, but always as Republicans, right? Especially as conservative evangelicals. There's been very few that are Democrats. And now, perhaps for the first time ever, they're realizing they've got a Republican candidate. They simply don't feel in clear conscience they can vote for. And so people are now thinking about this differently than they've ever had, than they've ever had to before. They've always had someone they could count on to to move forward at least something of a conservative platform. Now they're looking at this big unknown and just not sure what they're gonna get if if Donald Trump is elected president. So I think that's causing people to think about it very differently. As it pertains to me, I'm not involved in politics. I, I vote dutifully, I try to keep abreast of the issues, I try to make informed votes or decisions, uh, but I, I'm not as involved as perhaps I could be. Mm-hmm. And, and partly that, that's lack of interest in the whole thing, and partly it's just committing my time or attention to other things
3: that yeah, yeah. that
2: I, I think I rank higher. So I wouldn't want political engagement, at least for me, to detract much from the life of my local church and from my commitment to the people there. To me, that ranks as a higher priority.
1: So, Tim, have you ever had somebody in your church that has... Um Uh, asked you, I I don't want to say pushed you in a, uh, you know, in a bullying way, but maybe just been a little insistent, hey, can can we address this issue or, um, you know, can we uh, deal with this sort of hot political potato from the pulpit or in a Bible study or in a small group? Is that something you've, uh, because, well, I, I should qualify by saying that happens here uh, regularly, not all the time, but, but it happens enough. People come in and they they have an expectation, and that might be uniquely American, I'm not sure. So I'm curious if you've ever had any of that pressure in Canada.
2: No, I don't ever remember wow. any of that pressure. I don't think anybody's ever come and asked us to address a political thing, even in a in a hot election climate. I don't think I've ever had anybody. I don't think I've even had somebody ask me how I vote or to suggest how they vote. I just don't think wow. we talk about it here. It, Canadians being a little more private, and yes. and also, we're not a two-party system, so we don't tend to be members of a party. We don't tend to form allegiances to parties. We vote as the party shift, and since there's always at least three, there's always a left, a center, and a right, right. and so we can always, you know, kind of shift our vote around, and you know, for a time, there was a distinctly Christian party, and some people felt compelled to vote for that, but... But no, its it's just such a different political climate up here because it's such a, a different political system.
1: Interesting. Because Nathan and I were just... If
2: you have a leader's debate here, you'll have at least, at minimum, I think five people up there in the debate, and sometimes more. They'll always let Elizabeth May from the Green Party mm-hmm. have a, a voice in the debate, even though she's only ever had one seat in Parliament. They'll still let her have a voice, and then there's the the separatists from Quebec, and then there's the, the three major parties. And, and so there's never just been two people, ever. And, and it's very rarely is there an election that comes down to two parties. Usually it's, it's, you know, you're thinking about how the votes will be divided over three major parties.
1: Interesting. Yeah, uh, Nathan and I were looking at each other, Tim, when you said that. Because just so you know, that is shocking. Yeah. I I don't know if I could talk to a pastor here. Uh, Because, you know, we have several, uh, the guys that were just on our 100th episode, Matt, Steve, Dave Shive, uh, some of the guys we've talked to, I think all of them to a man would say they have been asked, because usually, Tim, uh, one of the things we've had here, I don't know if they still have them, Nathan, you remember the old, uh, I got a name, the Christian Coalition voting yeah. Guides.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Which, yep. which I always thought. I think this they is,
0: have them online now. Okay. You can just go and get them online.
1: B- because it seemed at, at both I've only served in, you know, of course, two churches, but at yeah. both churches, this has been several years since it's been here at CFC. That was maybe maybe back in 04 that I remember these. Somebody inevitably, the Sunday before the election, would come in and they would um, approach me or another pastor or elder and. You know, uh, most did it fine. Said, hey, would you mind if I just handed these out in the back? They, they don't tell you who to vote for. Um- but but I would say they did.
0: Yeah. Do, do, do you know what I mean by that? Because of the issues that they talked about on there,
1: the, there would be maybe four issues. Yeah. Usually, abortion was was yeah. at the top. Uh, maybe a you know stance stance on a pornography if yeah. there was a, a a hot issue with child porn or something yeah. like that.
0: Homosexual marriage.
1: Homosexual marriage was always a, there. Were four five issues, and I mean to me, it was pretty patently obvious that they were saying. Most cases vote for the Republican. Yeah. And so so. my take, Tim, was always um, – I always think of my, my home that I was raised in, raised in a wonderful home. Um, my parents were both uh, agnostics. Uh, we never went to church. Um, they were lifelong, in many ways are to this uh, current day, lifelong left-leaning Democrats. My mother was the first woman uh, in her family that went to college in the 60s. Um, and I just know, I always think, okay, get in the mind of somebody like that visiting your church. They've just heard the gospel. I trust the gospel is the, is the necessary offense. You know, the claims of Christ, their need for forgiveness of sins, uh, their needs to, you know, to, to come under Christ's lordship. Uh, that's the offense you want to protect. So I always say, I don't want um, a greeter at the front that's rude. Uh, because you almost want them to have that paradoxical experience of everything here was so wonderful. Everybody was so kind and encouraging. Oh, but that message bothered me. And I thought, okay, so I'm going to throw all of that away when they walk out the back door and get handed that Christian Coalition Voters Guide. Because if they're a liberal Democrat, and in our state, Tim, in in the state of Maryland, it's predominantly liberal Democrat— that will likely be your church visitors. I know for a fact they are going to latch onto that, be highly offended, and um, maybe forget everything else that they heard. And um, normally the response I would get to that when I would try to persuade somebody uh, that wanted to hand those out was sort of kind of the, oh, are you ashamed uh, of our convictions on these issues? And I said, of course not. I'm not ashamed. But the main goal is to share the gospel with these people. Uh, and those things I tend to think of as elements of Christian discipleship, and uh, that's why we we kind of always had an un well it became a spoken policy that yeah we're not going to hand those out. Um, so it's just fascinated me, Tim, that you've not encountered that in Canada, and I think it's because of what you said. It's not a kind of a black or white system,
2: right? And and we don't have a political party that's aligned with conservative evangelicalism. So people walking into the church wouldn't be thinking about who we vote for. That, that wouldn't occur to anybody that, that we would be conservative or liberal or uh, New Democratic Party. They just it, it doesn't come into the Canadian mind, I don't think. And and certainly one of the reasons we would not talk politics in that sense uh, from the pulpit is, I mean, I'm fine if people leave church very, very offended. But I want them to be offended by the gospel. I want them to be offended because they've heard that they're sinners and yes. probably never heard that before. Yes. That they're they're before God in, in this position of judgment, and and they ought to be afraid for their lives and for their souls. I mean, that that's an offensive message, and that's mm-hmm. plenty offensive. I, I'm okay if they're offended because we've brought application uh, through the scripture. So we've said that if you're in a cohabiting relationship, God says that's wrong. Sure. and you need to stop that or. Homosexuality is, according to God's assessment, a great evil, and and that that is wrong too. So I'm okay if people are offended by that as mm-hmm. well. But I don't want to add offense by speaking about politics in that way. Um, speaking about politics as if we can can again kind of bind them, tell them who we are and how, who they ought to be. It, it doesn't come into the Canadian mind in the same way I think it does the American mind.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. That's. Uh, I'm still kind of uh, stunned by that, Tim. I'm taking it in. It's, uh, dude, Nathan. It makes me want to go to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, now, Tim, we
2: will talk about issues here. So, yeah, you know, uh, in our last election, one of the pressing issues was the legalization of marijuana, mm-hmm.
3: and
2: Justin Trudeau, the Liberal Party, who was elected as Prime Minister, um, he he said he would legalize marijuana across the country, and that was an issue. and That would be something we talk about because it is a real issue. What is marijuana, and I um, mean, you can walk through my neighborhood tonight, and I guarantee you'll smell it somewhere. It's it's around, and people are using it. And so we can talk about it, whether that is an intoxicant or whether that's just, you know, like, is it in the same category as alcohol? Is it in the same category of other things? So we're okay with that. We'll certainly talk about uh, gay marriage, if and when that's a pressing issue. But we're not going to go after it politically. We'll go after it biblically. Here's yes. an issue societies. Facing. Let's talk about what the Bible says. And the joy of expository preaching is chances are it's not going to take long before you can make that application. Yes. You can, as you're preaching through text, you'll come across something. Do not be drunk with wine. Right, well, let's talk. There's a good bridge to something like marijuana. Or if you're preaching Romans, you're going to have to speak about homosexuality. And so you can address these things in a very natural fashion simply through the preaching ministry of the church.
1: Yes, yes, and I've always found, uh, I, as I think you mentioned, you know, the joy of expository preaching. When I've come to those passages, I tell people, particularly I'm mindful of visitors, uh, that may very well uh, be unconverted, uh, may very well have a particular political stance, and I say, look, I want you to know, I want you to be relaxed, because you, you, can, you can rest your mind easy that nobody here, since the elders all share this commitment, is coming at this from a political perspective. Uh, right. we, you know, we, say, we we let you talk about that in your own time with friends and family around you know, you know, you know, coffee shops and that. And, uh, but that's not what we're here to do. We're here to see what does the scripture, uh, the living word of God, say about these issues. And we're not really concerned where they fall on any political spectrum. And it's interesting, Tim. I found uh, people that seem to be set at ease when you say that. Um, it's almost like they, they, they're okay. uh, I I can think about this issue because I'm not, uh, uh, my first line of thinking isn't, am I going to be loyal or disloyal to my political commitment? Um, you know, now naturally there's implications. If you are uh, lined up with a political party that endorses, uh, gay marriage, uh, then yeah, naturally when you start thinking about the scriptures, at some point you're going to say, Hey, you know what? Big platform in my party is to push this. Well, fine, but even then we say, well, let's deal with that on a discipleship level, uh, not a political level. And I find it's freeing for people. It's certainly freeing for for me uh, in, in pastoral work.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that's happening over the last few years, and certainly we're seeing it in the current election cycle, is that... Even a conservative candidate, like the, the bar has been pushed so far now, and what was conservative or what is conservative today would have been ranked liberalism 10 years ago. Right. Right. So even as we're talking now about, about getting a conservative candidate, and that, that was the case here in, in Canada, the conservative party, the, the potential leaders for that party, were tripping over themselves to lead gay pride parades. So yeah. even if we get the most politically conservative party out there, they're still going to be pushing agendas. They might not be pushing the same agendas or quite as hard or, or in quite the same direction, but even the most conservative party out there is not going to do anything to preserve or protect the gospel. They're probably not going to do anything to protect the rights of Christians to, to worship in peace and in freedom. So the, things have shifted so much that we can't count on a party to further a Christian agenda. That hasn't always been the case, but certainly today, the conservative parties are not conservative anymore mm-hmm. they're conservative
3: right yeah not yeah
2: conservative by any real sense and and so we can't count on them the way we used to that the game's up like we can't rely on the parties to do that work for us anymore
1: well said yeah
0: tim we are uh so thankful for you joining us we're actually winding down on time here this is um this has just flown by. I was going to say, it feel, yeah.
1: feels it's like it's ten been ten minutes to me. You know, yeah. Tim, Tim might be nice and say that too. It might feel like 30, uh, <laughs> 30 hours. Tim's but it like, it's yeah, I
0: was ready to be done with this <laughs> an hour ago, and we've only been going fifty-two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, thank you so much. But uh, before you leave, Tim, I would, I would just like to ask. What would be uh, some, some thoughts uh, as uh, a, a blogger, as someone who interacts socially with people, um, as a pastor, what would be some of the things that you would like to uh, tell people as they are looking and engaging in this election? Um, just, just one main thought that comes to your mind about about um, what you could tell somebody uh, who is looking to vote and looking to engage in the election. Mm.
2: I guess I tend to think in, in the, the categories of hard idolatries. Like, where, where does your heart show that your, your loyalty to Christ might be diminishing or easily replaced by something else? Or where are you not trusting in God's sovereignty and God's goodness? And uh, that, that's where I wonder if a lot of people, as they look at this election, are you know, I'm a Calvinist, but in this moment man, I cannot trust in the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm,
3: you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure
2: he was sovereign in my election, I'm not sure He going to be sovereign in this election. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and people are kind of hitting, it seems to me people are hitting a kind of panic button and, and so they're retweeting every bit of bad news they can about Donald Trump and, and about Hillary Clinton and they're, they're just flying off the handle and I don't think it's making the gospel look great. I don't know that it's doing much to, to help them be seen as better leaders, as, as measure. Men and women of the gospel.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I'm just concerned that people are are, are so bound up in this; they're, they're terrified. This is a new thing for them, and I'm not sure that they're handling it really well. I think it's exposing this, this kind of loyalty that, or this kind of sense that. Politics can still be our savior, you know. God plus politics, or politics plus God, or something is going to to really make a difference here. But I'd say an election like this, where you don't like either candidate, is a great option to just reaffirm God is sovereign. You know, when, when Paul was writing the, the epistles, there was not a good Republican conservative candidate <laughs> in, in office there yeah. looking out for the peace and freedom of Christians. They, they had lunatics in there, and that was okay. He wasn't. He was telling people just pray for them pray that they'll give us freedom to to do what we need to do, pray that the gospel will go forward. But he was okay with it. He was trusting in God's sovereignty. So as you you look down to November and see one of those two people that you may not like, you probably don't like either one of them, don't panic. God is sovereign. God has got his glory and our good in mind as this election unfolds. It's going to be okay. It's going to be great. God is going to be glorified even through this, and he'll use his Church to glorify himself this
1: and, mm. and so okay it's all right amen well well said yeah. Tim thank you man that flew in it, totally unrelated to everything we've been talking about uh, Tim visual theology your book thank you uh, we didn't mention that just outstanding I know you've been working on that for a long long time uh, so I'm gonna spontaneously Nathan just make the decision that our podcast will give away two copies of uh, nice. anybody that uh, you know writes a review uh, cool. so we'll announce it on the following Week when we have popcorn theology on, yep. Uh, which will be July the nineteenth. Yep. Uh, we will. Um, well, no. We'll no. actually announce it on July twenty sixth. Yeah. Um, uh, no. Well, I, well, I could.
0: Oh. We'll talk about that. Okay.
1: Longer. Let me just say <laughs> we'll this. We'll announce it sometime. we we'll some somehow. <laughs> somehow, either we have to do it through social media. Uh, if you go, you write an iTunes review on the podcast, positive or negative. You yep. know, uh, uh, we will take uh, your honest assessment. Uh, but please be positive. No, uh, whatever you want to do, uh, because that, uh, what a labor I love, Tim. I, I uh, know you have been working on that a long time, and it's a tremendous resource. Good. Thank you. Appreciate that. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Um, so, Tim, again, thank you so much. Uh, you know, if you're agreeable, we'd love to have you on again, um, possibly to talk about your book um, and just, you know, uh, discuss that more so that we can, you know, unpack it and, and get people interested in buying it for you. That would be great. Love that. All righty. Well, thank you so much. We're going to go ahead and sign off. Guys, we just rocked the Caspa. Canadian style. Ladies and gentlemen, you just finished listening to Tim Challies and gave a great talk on politics. particularly the whole Trump phenomena in the United States. Um, Wanted to go ahead and mention our winners that we had this week on These Go to 11. Actually, I should say this was from a while ago. This was from our episode we did on firearms back when we had uh, Bill Heidel and we had Steve Hartland on. So our first one is SF Willis 70. SF Willis 70, thank you so much for Going ahead and posting that iTunes review for us. And then our next one is Dark Assassin 2. Dark Assassin 2. Once again, thank you both. Um, go ahead and send us your info at these go to 11, all spelled out, the number 15 at gmail.com. And we'll make sure we go ahead and send off the copy of the book that both uh, Bill and Steve recommended uh, for uh, our gun podcast episode. Also, uh, once again, just as Greg mentioned, we wanted to go ahead and uh, tell everyone that we will be sending off two books uh, from Tim Challies, two of his new books, uh, Visual Theology. So make sure you go ahead and write an iTunes review uh, once again if we get – Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, we will we will send off two. If we only have two reviews, we'll send off two. And because Greg's a softy, we will send off uh, three if we have exactly three three reviews. But go ahead and send those reviews in, and we will send you a copy of Visual Theology by Tim Challies. Thank you so much for joining in, and we hope to catch you next time.
3: These go to eleven.